minimalists. <laughs> P.S. Gentlemen, we have three, well, I, I would say four questions. Before we dive into these three postscript questions we have, by the way, welcome to our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for being yes. here. We are really grateful. Uh, it is because of you that Ryan has gold-plated underwear. <laughs> <laughs> I do? <laughs> well, I got them for Christmas. I just haven't seen you. so <laughs> Sounds like the worst idea ever. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and also the best idea ever. Um, all right. So, James, uh, kids. I have one kid, a five-year-old. Her name is Ella, and um, she is auditioning for ISIS currently. <laughs> <laughs> And, is uh, ISIS still a thing? <laughs> well, she thinks it is. <laughs> She's trying to start it back up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I. Um, she she um, is actually obviously picking up the habits of everyone around her, including her parents, right? And and so I try to instill good habits in her, um, not through telling her, but through showing her. Uh, but I I notice now you know with. YouTube videos, like Ryan said during the regular episode, uh, kids are saying, "Please like and like and <laughs> that's subscribe." How they say, that's how they say good night. I'm gonna start saying that. I <laughs> think it's like hilarious. Subscri- All right, Ella, please like and subscribe. It's <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable. So, so uh, in your research on habits, have you have you come across uh, habits for kids and 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 some best practices there? Yeah. So two I need things. Help. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so two things. First one is um, kids are very sensitive to cues and context. So we could call this like the kindergarten model of organization or the kindergarten model of habits. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a kindergarten classroom, uh, you need to ask 25 of these little kids to do the the same things each day, each week. And you'll see that, you know, say, for example, if you're in the blue reading group, you'll be asked to like put your books in the blue bin and sit at the blue table. And like there's this cohesion between the cues in the environment. Right. And you can do something similar in your own house, like using post-it notes or taking for one good idea I thought was take a picture of what all the toys should look like when they're put away and then print that picture and just place it on the wall right above the shelf. Mm. So it's like, this is exactly what we're going for. And the more clear that you can make those cues and the visual out comes their habits the easier it is to stick with them because they it's very obvious so that's the first thing it's a great idea second thing is um as you just noted when kids are young they all humans are masters of imitation they're like we're incredibly good at imitating what works what doesn't um i love how you talk about when you travel you pick up the accent yeah i, I do don't even try thing. to do it know, and I then i'm the like why thing. am i you know like don't just talk normally or you know talk like regular do and then i'm here like you know yeah. just imitating the, we'll be, the local we'll be overseas and josh would be like why do you have an accent like, well, yeah like why you know and of course it's like a terrible imitation right, right. But, ryan's always um, sounds vaguely eastern european yeah <laughs> <laughs> we'll be in like uh uh, Australia and he sounds like he's in I don't know uh, Latvia or something. <laughs> right, yeah. so we're master imitators yeah so he, all humans do that right mm-hmm. and um, when they're young kids imitate their parents a lot you know like they're two years old and you say one curse word and they just start you know ripping it off every five seconds yeah um, oh, that reminds me like I remember the first time that Ella cursed she was three and uh, she like dropped a bunch of like noodles out of her plate and it fell onto the floor. Um, and she just looked up at me and she goes, shit, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I think because you heard her mom say shit, Josh, a bunch of times. Oh, <laughs> that's shit, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> so early on, that imitation is heavily focused on the parents. But as children age, they continue to imitate, but they imitate their parents less and less, and they imitate their peers more and more. Yeah. 
And uh, there's a great book called The Nurture Assumption by Judith Rich Harris that mm-hmm. talks about this and how like um, basically parents have a strong influence on the habits of their kids, but the influence comes through avenues that you might not expect. Like there's a huge genetic influence. Um, makes sense. You pass your genes down. If you happen to be a calm and organized person, you also pass down the genes that led to you being calm and organized. So you might think it's because I taught you how to be organized and structured, but it's hard to know whether it was the teaching or the genetic component. Um, but the second thing that really influences kids is uh, the environment that they're surrounded by with their peers. Like I think about for me, I had a bunch of friends that were all smarter than me in grade school. One of them started this robotics club when we were in like fifth grade. And then another friend that I had in high school, he built his own computers. Now I didn't know how to do either of those things, but I hung out with those guys. Right. And so then I started to get interested in computers too, because I was surrounded by that. And now here I am, you know, 20 years later running a, um, a business online, running a technology company. My parents weren't into any of that. It was my peers that were into it. And so the lesson here for parents is that you still have a strong influence, but one of the best levers that you can pull for influencing the habits of your kids is the type of environment that you place them in, the type of peers you put them around. Because you have control over what city you live in, what schools they go to, what extracurriculars you expose them to. I think back to like, I played baseball, but I also swam. Every swimming team I was on, all the kids on those teams were smart. It's like, if you look at the swimming team at, at my college, they have the highest GPA. It was like swimming and cross country every year crushed it. Yeah. If you want your kids to have good study habits, that's one example of like, it doesn't guarantee it, but place them in an environment where that's what their friends are going to be doing. Because when habits allow you to fit in, when they're the type of thing your friends are doing anyway, they naturally become more attractive. Mm. And it's much more attractive for them to be like, oh, all my friends act this way too, than it is for you to be like, you should be doing this. Yeah, it makes me think, like, Ryan and I grew up in, in really dysfunctional homes, and, uh, like, drugs, alcohol abuse, police showing up, uh, domestic violence, and, 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 you know, thankfully, like, you can, you can also, you can shun what your, what your parents, um, put forth. Because to me, I associated so much pain with, with alcohol abuse that I just, I've never touched alcohol because of it, right? So in a way, like, I was modeling their behaviors by realizing, like, that is not the path that I want to go down. But, but more likely than not, I was more influenced by the, the other people around me, especially after age five, um, where, where you do start, uh, exponentially you're spending time with more people that are outside of the the the, the sort of parental or, or nuclear family um I, I think ryan about growing up you and i grew up in the same town but like different sides of town with different fr- sets of friends they just overlapped a little bit and uh you know I, I i started playing basketball just because everyone in my neighborhood played basketball i happened to be tall as well which really helped but but I don't think like naturally if I would have grown up like where you grew up just in a few neighborhoods away, I don't think I would have played basketball, right? right. Like, it wouldn't have been a natural thing for me. And so uh, the, the reason I picked up that habit is because everyone around me w- was doing it. Yeah. Ryan, you got anything else to add to that before I move on? Well, I mean, I think as adults, um, it, it, the same thing applies. I think kids are, you know, more malleable, like they're taking in more information. But like when I think about the people I surround myself with, I feel like the dumbest person in the room. But like I do that intentionally because I I want to uh, 
I want to better myself, whether it's um, knowing more about writing or whether it's knowing more about video or whether it's, you know, uh, to know more about how to be a good editor. It's like I surround myself with people who I look up to. Now, conversely, like I do add value back to, you know, to as much value as I can to people's lives. We all have a role to play, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. But what's crazy is, though, like I will go. So I'll go home to Ohio and I'll get around some old friends or family and then all of a sudden I feel like the smartest person in the room and it's not like it's not like I look in the mirror like look at me I'm the smartest person but I'm like oh shit I'm doing it I'm having a conversation and like it's going smoothly and like I know what I'm talking about and this is great but uh but if it wasn't for the influence of people like Josh Colin James Jordan Sean like I would not have uh I guess I wouldn't have that confidence so I think as an adult it also it also applies to for sure yeah and especially with kids it's, it's stretching their their boundaries helping them find where those boundaries are and then push them out mm-hmm. not so much that it is traumatizing to them right. uh, I, I mean I think about when I first tried to learn to ride a bike I was four years old but someone some teenage kid in the neighborhood just put me on a a full-size mountain bike and i'm four (laughs) and sent me down a hill and i just busted my whole face open i saw scars from it uh literally and and figuratively and like i didn't learn to ride a bike after that till i was almost 30 because of it like so you can't push yourself so far beyond the boundary that that you are scarred for life but but it is about pushing those boundaries so they understand that Mm -hmm. you know what we uh, we can grow through this and and what you're talking about there when you're associating with with those people is yeah maybe you've grown beyond them but you can also come back and help them grow absolutely as well. all right uh, Bernie asks what are uh, any foundational habits that one should implement first that will help with the all subsequent habits are there foundational habits yeah they're sometimes referred to as keystone habits but basic ideas what is a habit that you do that pulls the rest of your life in line so like for me exercise is kind of my keystone habit if i go to the gym and i work out i get the benefits of exercise but i also sleep better at night because i'm tired from the workout which means i wake up in the morning and i have better energy i tend to eat better you know you would think that like you could like let it slide but my thought internally is like oh i worked out i don't want to waste it so then i eat one victory leads to another yeah and then uh you know i have this post-workout high where i have a lot of focus that comes in uh for about an hour or two after the workout and at no point was I trying to build better nutrition habits or sleep habits or focus habits, but it all came as this side effect of doing the one thing, that keystone habit of working out. Yeah. Some other common keystone habits are like uh, performers will often talk about visualization. So like a comedian will visualize how the show is going to go before they step on stage or Kevin Durant, who's a NBA basketball player, um, famously would visualize how each game would go in the locker room beforehand. So visualization is a possible keystone habit. Creatives, writers in particular, often talk about a daily walk being crucial. Um, if you get your 15 minutes of walking in, that kind of helps the creative juices flow. Yeah, if you, uh, Mason Curry's book, Daily Rituals. Yeah. Like, uh, I think out of the 160 plus people in there, almost all of them had some sort of walking habit or some type of amphetamine or drug addiction. Um, <laughs> but yeah, for all the healthy ones, it was mostly walking. Um, and then, uh, so walking, visualization, exercise. Another common one that you'll hear is uh, meditation. You know, like CEOs will say, oh, if I get my 15 minutes of meditation in the morning, then the rest of the day is smooth and I can, you know, solve problems better and so on. And then the last one, which is a little bit surprising, is uh, budgeting or paying off debt. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people will pay debt off and then they'll find themselves like, oh, I have the motivation to work out now and whatever just like bleeds into these other areas. Wow. So I think if you're trying to figure out what are my keystone habits or what is that one I should focus on, 
you can just start by saying, what happens on a day when things go well for me? Mm-hmm. You know, like what do, when I have my good days, what do I tend to do? And you'll probably come up with two or three options and then just test those out. Pick one and focus on it for a month and see if that's the thing that pulls your life in line. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree, man, especially when it comes to health, because I know for me, like if I haven't worked out in a, you know, in a couple days, few days and I haven't been eating right, like Thanksgiving it was so much fun to hang out with family and friends and have that time. But dude, I ate like half a pumpkin pie. Uh, I did not work out that week. And, uh, you know, I went to go like write a little bit and like I could, I wasn't very functional. I mean, I got a couple paragraphs out, but it was like, I know that having that unhealthy week totally like pulled some of that motivation away or even inspiration away to, to write. So th- just that healthy piece of it for sure can just aid other habits in your life. Aditha asks, I tend to give up if I quote fail or quote cheat on a habit. How do you handle the frustration of when the habitual streak is broken? Yeah. So I think building up a habit streak can be a really motivating and powerful thing. You know, like, oh, I've got, you know, four days in a row that I'm writing and maybe you put an X on the calendar each day or something. And, you know, you start to see the streak build up. But at some point, all habit streaks end. And uh, the mantra that I like to keep in mind, the philosophy that I try to use is never miss twice. And so, you know, like for the first three years, I wrote a new article every Monday and Thursday on jamesclear.com. And if I didn't write on Thursday, well, I wish I hadn't done that, but never miss twice. So let me pour all of my energy into making sure I get one out on Monday. And um, this is particularly true with diets. Like people seem to really have an all or nothing mentality when it comes to diets. You know, it's like, oh, I did it for six days. And then my friends wanted to go to happy hour or I binge ate a pizza or something. And then you like the self-talk starts and you're like, oh, I knew it. I knew I wasn't going to stick to that diet. Like, you know, I guess I just shouldn't do it. Mm. But if you adhere to this philosophy of never miss twice, then in the long run, at the end of the year, that single miss is just a blip on the radar. But that's only true if you get back on track quickly. And so I think you'll see that for a lot of people who are successful, the key is not that they don't make mistakes. It's that they cut mistakes off of the source. You know, it's like, Mm. it's almost never the first mistake that ruins you. It's like the spiral of repeated mistakes that follows. And so if you can cut that off and start a new streak right away, you'll be good in the long run. I like how you talk about in your book a lot too, in Atomic Habits, how like you don't need to beat yourself up over the bad habits that you already have. So I, I think that's also a demotivator too, where, you know, we want to eat healthy, but maybe we've gotten to the habit of having a donut, you know, at breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and you try to cut out those donuts the next day, it's, it, there's going to be a lot of pain, a lot of discomfort involved with that. So let's say you screw up and you're like, oh, I'm just going to have this donut for dinner and then you eat it and then you feel bad. It's like to sit there and beat yourself up to uh, just pull all that leverage away that you've gained is, it's just not healthy. It definitely isn't going to help you have uh, continue good habits. Yeah. I can only imagine like like the, the sort of self-flogging, but it, it, it does. We all good. do it. To an yeah. Extent, it, right? it, oh, sure. It, it it does good at first if you if if it if that's what it takes to realize the thing, like to sort of smack yourself back into reality. But mm-hmm. then to continue to do it is what we most of us do, and that's when it really becomes harmful. Yeah. Finally, Fira asks, "What is the most?" This is like one of those questions that is like, "What's uh, the hardest thing you've ever had to get rid of?" Or like, what, no, it's like, "What's what's the one secret? If I change one thing, everything else uh, in my life will be easy." Like, what's the magic? Um, answer. Right, but I, I think it can be an important question because it has it links a little bit to the the keystone habits that you talked about a moment ago, James. But Fira says, "What is the most simple yet life changing habit you have?" 
It's a tough one to answer. I mean, I, I, because I am an athlete and like, you know, uh, love working out, I tend to want to say exercise. Um, you know, your body is the home that you live in every moment of every day, right? So you, you cannot escape it. And taking care of that is, um, is a huge thing. But, uh, I also, if I could pick a different one or not default to my standard answer, then I would say the habit of reading. And Mm, the reason I would pick that is because reading is kind of like a meta habit that allows you to solve any other problem you're facing. Mm. You know, like you want to figure out how to launch a podcast. You can read a book about it. You want to figure out how to cook healthy meals. You can read a book about it. You want to figure out how to become a better writer. You can read a book on it. And so if you can get in the habit of reading, even if you don't start with stuff like that, that, you know, solves a specific problem, if you just fall in love with reading, then eventually in the long run, you have the tool set to solve pretty much any problem that you come across. Ryan, what about yeah. you? Do you, you have any uh, simple yet life-changing God, habits? I was trying to think of something different than exercise too mm-hmm. um, because I, it truly is. Like I, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. It's staying active really because it's not, it's not like I have to get to the gym or I have to get on the Peloton, but I do have to go for a walk. Like Tuesdays, typically I won't work out because I will walk to the podcast studio. It's about a mile, uh, maybe 1.2 miles. Um, we do the podcast, which is really draining. Like it's crazy how like having a you know two to three hour conversation. How when I leave here and take that you know that mile walk, one point two mile walk back. By the time I get home, I'm like, oh, I want to like, I don't really want to work out right now. It's it's in fact, it, even if I do go work out, I'm gonna have a bad workout. Um, but getting in that walk though, what I'm getting at is like even just that walk mm-hmm. um, will help me uh, just help me feel better. But yeah, just staying active in general. So. You know, if you're someone out there who wants to start the habit of exercise, I love your approach, James, with like, just do something. Well, you could either do something you really like. So let's say you love to play basketball. Find a way to play basketball two to three times a week, or maybe just start out playing basketball once a week and get some type of movement in or do something really, really easy that uh, like going for a walk for a mile walk is nothing. It's Mm -hmm. like 20 minutes. I mean, that's, and that's a slow mile. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I... I um have a really bad back. My my uh lower spine, my S uh, my S1 is is fused to my L5 and uh <clears throat> I was about 2 weeks out from getting surgery and I stumbled across thanks to a bunch of people who recommended this to me, uh something called Egoscue therapy. It's just a type of stretching basically. It's sort of like yoga mixed with physical therapy. And I do it every day still. I've been doing it for three plus years at this point. And it was literally life-changing because I didn't have to have this back surgery, which, by the way, would have just prolonged the second, third, fourth back surgery. But also, it eliminated... I, I was waking up with this 10 out of 10 mm-hmm. sciatic pain. Um, and it was like, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this next second kind of pain. And eventually, over the course of six weeks to eight weeks, that pain went down from a 10 to a 7 to a 5. And now... Most days it's close to zero, one, two, maybe it's like incredible. it's, and it's because I, I have this habit every day and I don't always enjoy doing this thing, but I know that the, the payoff is just not experiencing the intense pain that I, that I felt before. And it also allows me to, to do everything else without having that pain as well. And now he's really, really flexible <laughs> ladies. <laughs> <laughs> James, thank you again so much. Uh, if you're listening to this, Patreon supporters, check out his book, Atomic Habits. Uh, we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Thank you for being with us. You bet. Thanks, Thanks guys. The Minimalists. <laughs>